For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is Grace Alone, a radio ministry of Grace Lutheran Church in DeSoto, Missouri, with Pastor Steve Flo. Grace to you in peace from God our Father through Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord. The sermon text again is Mark 16, 14 through 20. At that time, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. You may be seated. When Jesus Christ gave his disciples the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he gave them them a command and commissioning greater than any other commissioning in all of the world. For the command of a prince, the command of a president, the command of a king or emperor only goes as far as that kingdom is concerned. It extends only as far as, as its own subjects or people in that land. But the command and commissioning of this king extends to all the kings and emperors and leaders and people everywhere, great and small, rich or poor, learned or unlearned. We call this the Great Commission because it is is the greatest commission given to man in all of history, a command to spread the good news of Christ's salvation to everyone in the whole world. And even though the apostles didn't personally get to every nook and cranny of this geographic world, we know that their proclamation, the word which they spoke and preached, that word did go throughout the whole world and continues to go out through the whole world today. And that is a fulfillment of what King David said in Psalm 19, verses 3 and 4. He said, There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their sound has gone out through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. Just think how the gospel has gone out since the time of the apostles. And it still goes out with all of our technology today. Everyone, even the poorest of countries, are familiar with radio transmitting. They're familiar with television and with satellite communications and the internet. There are 6.7 billion people in the world today. In the year 2000, 361 million people were online using the Internet. In 2008, eight years later, it grew to 1.6 billion. And that is a growth of 342% and is growing larger and more accessible each and every year. God has allowed this and all fast communications He's allowed this for a variety of purposes, 
But the number one purpose is to get the proclamation of the apostles out to everyone in the world. And why is this? This is because God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. And he knows that people are saved only by hearing the word. The word creates faith in their hearts. And so the gospel goes forward and nothing will stop it, neither wars or tyrants nor the gates of hell. Now, what is this truth that goes out? It is a truth that puts all the philosophers, it's a truth that puts all of the lawyers and scholars back into preschool to a level lower than the world's most uneducated, lower than the fishermen of Jesus' day, which was exactly the vocation of some of the apostles. The world, by common sense, by natural reason that God has given to all people, the world knows how to build, how to keep house, how to eat, drink, and feed oneself. They know how to govern the land and all people in the land. They know how to act civil toward one another, though they never do any of these things perfectly. They know how to do all of those things, but the proclamation of the perfect gospel, which the apostles were commanded to preach, this is something entirely different from what the world knows by common sense. It is unknown to the world, this gospel is, it is a mystery kept secret since the world began, said Paul in Romans chapter 16. None of the rulers of this age understood it, said Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It is a mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, he said to the Ephesian church in chapter 3. And what is this mystery that is so deep and divine and profound that no one in the world gets it or understands it except by divine revelation. The mystery is this. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Can you believe how simple that is? It is way over the heads of all the people in the world. It is way over the heads of all other religions in the world. Or should I say, it is way under their heads because it is so very simple. No one would ever have come up with it by natural reason. The world says, no, this can't be right. You've got to do something. You've got to, you can't just be going to heaven by pure grace. You've got to do something. Judaism teaches, obey God's commandments. Live ethically. Salvation is attained in this way. Buddhism teaches one must avoid suffering and gain enlightenment and release from the cycle of rebirth or at least attain a better rebirth by gaining merit, by doing good works. Hinduism teaches humans are in bondage to ignorance and illusion but are able to escape. And how are they able to escape? By enlightenment, by doing good works. Islam teaches humans must submit to the will of God or Allah to gain paradise after death. It is attained by the five pillars. What are they? Faith, prayer, alms, pilgrimage, and fasting. Islam also commands mosques, mosque services on Fridays, washing one's itself before prayer, no alcohol or pork, observing the fast of Ramadan, and they teach, too, that salvation is gained by doing good works. I looked at 41 different religious systems this past week, 41 different belief systems in the world today, 
and they all require a man to get into his own self-made heaven by his own self-made works. All religions of the world are of human origin, and so they, as expected, teach a salvation by human merit. But Jesus Christ and his message is entirely different. Christ is from heaven and teaches a heavenly salvation that he accomplishes on earth all by himself. It is so not of this world and not of man's work. It is impossible for man to know anything about it unless God himself tells us what it is. Jesus Christ puts down, uh, puts down and levels all logic He puts down and levels all reason and all rationale of the holy, pompous world by simply saying, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And what are we to believe? We are to simply believe that our sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. And how is that forgiveness given to us? How is it given? It is not given by outward strivings. It is not given by confessions, nor prayers, nor good deeds done toward our neighbor. It is not given by sacrifices made for the church in the name of Mary, or some saint, or Jesus, as the Roman Catholics teach. Nor is it given by our inward decision-making, nor our turning our hearts over to him, nor by our total commitment of our will, as most other Arminian Reformed denominations teach in our country today. Nor is it given to us by a God who predestines some people to go to heaven and some people to go to hell. And you can only know which one you are by looking at your active Christian life, as some of the Calvinistic Reformed denominations teach as well today. No, Christ's forgiveness... His salvation is given to us by the very simple means of word proclaimed and the sacraments administered. These are not works that you and I do to earn salvation. No, these are the lowly means that God places himself in, puts himself in, hides himself in, and dishes up and serves all by himself, so we all come here to his church as guests and receivers, not as hosts and doers. And yes, it is true, some will remind you that faith without works is dead. And this is true. But let me remind them that tell that to you. That does not mean we get to heaven by doing good deeds. Rather, it means we are saved by grace alone without the deeds of the law and as a result of the Holy Spirit enabling us to have faith in Christ's free gift. We do good works then, not because we have to, but because we want to by the love of Christ, which is unconditional. We want to do good works because we are already saved, not in order to earn salvation. Good works then are fruits of the gospel. They are not the gospel in and of themselves. So again, what is the gospel? The gospel is the proclamation that our sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. It is the proclamation that we are already saved 
in Christ. And how does this grace get into our lives? That is a key question that separates us from all other denominations. How does the, this grace, this salvation, get into our lives? It gets there not by works or strivings or will or pious desires on our part, but by the work of Christ creating faith in our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit coming to us through the word proclaimed and the sacraments administered. Again, Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now the question is, do you believe this? Do you believe that baptism doth now save you, as Peter said in 1 Peter 3.21? Other people, and even your own logical mind, will say, how in the world can this be that God puts himself and his powerful word in water and washes us spiritually so that we can have a clean conscience as we stand before God on the last day? How can this be? Well, ask yourselves this question. Is it any more miraculous that infinite God puts on finite human flesh and he lives for us and dies for us and rises for our justification? If infinite God can humbly enter our, into our finite world, is it any big deal for him to put himself in the humble waters of holy baptism and wash us clean? And the answer is, of course not. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, even if it goes above our logic and reason. Now, if we could only believe it like we should we would be filled with joy each and every day and all the time, every hour. Not even death would frighten us or get us down if we truly believed that we were saved in baptism, if we believed perfectly like we wished we could. Luther says believing is not merely a matter of talking about it or of merely repeating the bare words with your mouth. It is rather a matter of mature consideration and trust in the word. And then in the midst of temptation, in the face of death, in persecution to defy all people, death and the devil, by saying, okay, there is the promise of God. I take my stand upon it, and I stand ready to sacrifice life and limb, property and honor, everything I am and everything I have. Luther says, when you trust the word and promise of God in this way with all of your heart, that's what it means to believe. Do you believe like this? I wish that I did. Our faith is more like the man who said to Jesus, I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. And even the mighty Luther, who stood before the Holy Roman Emperor, King Charles V, even as he stood there and said, Here I stand so boldly, the power of the Holy Spirit giving him that ability to do so, even he had to admit his faith was very weak much of the time. Again, Luther said, I am a doctor of Holy Scripture. I have studied it for 20 years and have taught it to other people. In spite of that, it is still my experience that in the midst of severe temptation, I get limp and wilted just as grass wilts in the heat of the summer drought. And if God would not refresh me with his rain and dew, that is, with his word and spirit, Luther says, I would simply dry up and blow away. That is why their proclamation of faith 
must be continuously emphasized. Again, the question is, how is your faith doing today? How is it doing? For those of you that may think that it is doing very good, if you think you're doing very well with your faith, you might want to skip Holy Communion. Because Holy Communion is only for the weak and sinful. Rather, go and work your holy tail off for the Lord. Love God perfectly by loving your neighbor perfectly. And remember, love for your neighbor includes all those that hate you and slander you and use and abuse you. You must love them as well. Love them all as Jesus loved us when we were crucifying him on the cross. Jesus said very clearly in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Do not even the tax collectors, the greatest sinners of that day, don't they even do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even, again, the tax collectors do so? Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect, says the Lord. Are you perfect today in your faith? If not, and it bothers you, if you don't love God like you should, and you see this condemning evidence in your life because you don't love your neighbor as yourself, and this is proof that you don't love God like you should, and if you have the very best of intentions of not getting impatient and angry with people, but before you know it, you're impatient and angry all over again, and it always catches you off guard, and if you see your Christian life as not getting any better as you get older, but rather you find yourself getting worse and that gets you down. And if you know how you should repent of all of your sins and you are repentant, but you're not so sure that your repentance is as good as it should be. And if you know you should have faith in Jesus Christ and trust him to do all the work of saving you and you do trust him, but you're not sure if your faith is really all that good, then look away. Look away from yourself today and look only to Christ on the cross and to our Lord who describes you when he looks at you with pure, unconditional love as he's covered you with his righteousness. He says, he who believes, he who believes and is baptized, covered in my righteousness by water, my word mixed with water, my blood mixed with water, covering you, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Forget about what you have to do, how much you have to believe, how sincerely you have repented, how deep your sorrow is, how you have turned around and given your heart to Jesus and obeyed. Forget all of that. Hear only what Jesus has done for you. Jesus says, I have forgiven you. I declare this forgiveness to you and the whole world by the power and authority of my name. 
I put my righteous blood in water, and by the power of the Holy Word, my word, I wash your conscience clean, again, in the waters of holy baptism. I put my body and blood in with and under bread and wine and give you the very sacrifice that took away your sins 2,000 years ago on the cross. I do all of this for you through the word and sacrament so that you can be absolutely sure that you are forgiven, saved, and seated at the right-hand side of God right now. It is true, though you cannot see it with your eyes, it says the Lord. This is not your work. It's not the pastor's work. It is not the work of any man. This is my work, says Christ. And Jesus says, I am going into all the world right now through the mouth, through the mouths of my apostles, which is Holy Scripture. I am going through all the world through that word and preaching the gospel to all creatures. They cast out... My, my apostles, Jesus has casted out demons in my name. They sp- spoke with new tongues in my name. They took up serpents and were not hurt when they drank deadly poison, all which proved that I was with them, empowering them, making them my voice throughout the world. And by the power of the Holy Spirit coming to each of you today through my word which is preached and through my sacraments which are given, Jesus says, believe. These are my means of salvation. They are given to you objectively from the outside so that you will not be bound by looking inwardly, subjectively to your heart to ascertain whether you are saved or not. Your salvation is much more secure than that. It is secured on these things which Christ has given to us objectively. And being sure of our salvation is so very important because no one will be bold to tell others about me, says the Lord, unless they are sure they are saved. So be sure you are saved right now, not because of your will, not because of your deeds, your life, your heart, your faith, your holiness, or your decision. No, says the Lord, you are saved because of my decision. You did not choose me. I chose you. You became mine in holy baptism. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Go in peace and live in surety. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace Alone is a radio ministry of Grace Lutheran Church in DeSoto, Missouri. If you're in the South St. Louis area, we would like to invite you to worship our Savior Jesus Christ with us. We're located at 121 West Kelly Street in DeSoto, Missouri. You can find us on the internet at gracedesoto.homeunix.com. Sunday worship is at 9 a.m. with Bible classes for all ages at 1030. We look forward to meeting you and sharing the joys of salvation in Jesus Christ by grace alone.